to Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana and Marnie. It's our third episode. It is our third episode. Do you think we're going to have to do this every time we record? What yeah. intro? No, count every time we have an episode. Maybe. Actually, maybe just to remind us. Yeah. yeah. How's your week been? So good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you sound like... It was the complete opposite. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I can't really remember. I don't. I really don't like the question. How's your week? But I can't remember. That's Just like, assume I don't remember. It's true. I mean, it is a bit of a, like a blanket question. The same way as like, how was your weekend? I can't I always, remember. So you have to like either you just give a really blanket thing like it was great, or you'd be like, on Saturday I went for a park run. On Sunday I went for brunch. But you know, I'm being so serious. When people ask me that question, immediately my mind goes blank. Like, I don't know what Same. I did this weekend. And so I feel like people think I'm about to lie to them about what I did. Because <laughs> they're like, how's your weekend? Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend? Yeah, yeah, no, my weekend, yeah. No, it was, um, yeah. It's like, you're, you, did you do anything? What's going on? So basically you're in a house just chilling. Don't yeah, worry. or it sounds like, I, did, I, I don't know, I was in the club every single night and now I can't remember Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Literally. But um, for the record, I'm, I'm, I'm a good Christian woman. Please. <laughs> I just don't remember stuff. You just want a very specific question, basically. Yes. How was your Sunday morning when you got out of bed? <laughs> How are you? I washed my hair. <laughs> Do you know what? That, I'm perfectly honest. That is a whole day bonanza. If you, honestly, if you were more specific with that question, I'd probably be able to remember it better. But it's where you asked me what I did with the weekend and suddenly I'm like... What, where was I at nine o'clock on Saturday? True. I don't know. So where was true. I at 12 a.m.? I was like, I don't know. I just can't remember anything. But the things I do that all the time, I do like the blanket, how have you been? Literally, you could say anything. And I just try and be specific when people ask me that, but I also realize it's completely irrelevant and they don't care. It just throws me off every time because I feel like sometimes there are questions like, oh, how are you? Which I know that your immediate answer is just, oh, I'm good, how are you? You know, just quickly move it on. But someone was like, how have you been? I'm like, how have I been? <laughs> how have I been? I don't know, man. I don't think I'm okay. And then it's like, am I going to tell the person? Or are they just asking to be nice? And I'm suddenly like, yeah, do you know what? Like, my cat's sick and, you know, all my plants are dead. Um, I haven't paid rent in four months. Like, it's really tough out here. Anyway, how are you? It's like weird. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. You either just give the blanket, it's been great. Just stay positive. Yeah. Because the other person doesn't care unless they actually do care and they'd be like how are you but then when they say it the second time they really mean it no yeah. how are you the weird thing is because i'm so used to be like yeah fine when i have therapy my therapist is like how are you i'm like yeah fine she's like no this is actually <laughs> the space where <laughs> you're supposed to be honest i'm like oh yeah um really bad actually yeah awful haven't slept in two days <laughs> she's like, why did you say you were fine but i think she's or he i don't know i don't know they're prepared they're prepared for the, any answer to that question. Whereas the everyday layman couldn't care less. Yeah, I, there are so many people who use how are you as a hi. Yeah, like I, I interchangeably. Just say hi, that's fine. I don't need to be like, hey girl, how are you? But, when you don't actually care how I yeah, am. But well, you that, do, but you don't. Yeah, I mean, at sense. work, for instance, before I ask someone to do something, especially if I'm like just messaging them on like Slack, I can't just be like, hey, can you please get me this document? Is more like, hey, how are you? How's life? I don't do that. Do you know what I do? I go, hey, hope you're well. And then just go in. Yeah. Because hope you're well is not a question. Because nothing is weirder to me than when someone says, how are you? And then I respond. And then they don't respond to that response. Yeah, true. Or I ask someone, 
hope you're well. And then they come back with a, yes, I'm doing quite well. I did this on the weekend. And you're like, excuse me? I didn't ask for the whole story, babe. Or, I literally needed to send me that document. Or usually it's like, hey, how are you? And then some people are like, yeah, what do you, what would you like? I'm like, oh. But like, cool. keep your how are you to yourself. <laughs> but it just depends. Different cultures, they just want to get right to it. They do. And speaking, and speaking of, of that. right to it. Oh my God, I stole your segue from you. And speaking of that. Love Island. Let's just get into it. The Love Island reunion um, was this week. Get Laura off the show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm so- to get in there immediately with a controversial opinion. Get Laura off the show. She doesn't have it. No. It's- she doesn't have no. it. We don't need to specify what the it is. I think everyone listening knows. She just doesn't have it. She's not Caroline, of course. And we don't want anyone to make a comparison because they're two different people. However... She there doesn't is, have it. There is a way to host a type of show like this. And you need to have some spunk. You need to have some She's energy. not even good at hosting when Love Island is just Love Island. I know. I'm so sorry. She doesn't have it. I, do, you, do you know what it is, specifically? She yeah. doesn't put the contestants at ease. No. They. You could tell that they are not at ease around her. They're waiting for her to ask them a question that is they're taking yeah. the piss out of them. Yeah. They're prepared. Yeah. Like, I saw that bit between... Her asking Dami and India, oh, are you waking up next to each other every morning? And Dami was like, where else would we be? And I was like, this is how you, she makes everyone feel yeah. whenever she asks them even a simple question. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I was just asking. I've never watched a show where people are interviewing people where they have to say, I was just asking. You see, but also it's because she doesn't have the tact and she doesn't have the comedic timing. Because I'm telling you, there were some people who are funny and they can ask those really cheeky questions and get away with it. She should they... be on this morning. <laughs> she should be on Countdown. <laughs> and one of the reasons why i know that she's not a great host and she doesn't have the energy that is needed for this type of show is because especially with this season of after sun she's had this secondary co-host who's a comedian called darren and i can't remember yeah 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 i know you mean and here's my controversial opinion about the reunion so as i was thinking and watching the show and i was about to tweet this and i decided don't do it i was like there is two things that needs to be shaved down in that reunion. Firstly, the last half an hour, because the reunion was too long for what it was. You're telling me you didn't love the musical bit where they sang a One Direction song? I don't, for that. What, what was the point? That was this After Sun segment. They that must was, have let, they must have had them filming that every single week, a exactly. bit of that. Yeah, because they were able to get every single cast member to do it. What a waste of what, time. What, exactly. But again, back to my controversial opinion. The two things that needs to be shaved down was the last 30 minutes of the reunion and Darren's two front veneers. Wow, drag Darren. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I really held myself and held my tongue and my own two front teeth to not say that. Anyways, no, the veneers are wild. They are, They've been wild from the beginning, which is I, fine. I'm, Sometimes you spend money and the return you see is not match the money you spend. Exactly. Like he's got, I mean, they're great teeth. So anyway, basically, one of the things I've noticed with this season and why they brought this comedian on is because Laura lacks that comedic timing and I don't think they had time to drag Ian Sterling to come and do the his bit seemed wife. really cringe yeah his whole well part, at the end of the show yeah that was cringe I really feel like Ian sometimes with his little snide comments yeah. and what's going on in the villa it's perfectly timed yeah. otherwise it just comes across as quite cruel yeah and 
the older he gets, the crueler it seems. Yeah. Like, these are 12 year olds in comparison to this man, it's like 37. Cut yeah, it but it's, it's because the disparity is getting larger and larger. Yeah, it's weird. So, I just think that she does lack that comedic timing. And also. She should be doing CBBC. <laughs> So basically, you just give it. Bubbly enough I don't to do think she's bubbly enough to do it. I I just don't. I news don't think round. she should be hosting. I always found news round to be very on CBBC yeah, like. Yeah, true. It was like but everyone was like cool and hip. I know, but news round. Every time like, they news round, I was like, Lizzo? yeah. yeah. I was like, why is news round so fucking boring? <laughs> <laughs> Even it as was a kid, I was like, this is boring. It was preempting what we now know as the news and like, why. She could so maybe dry. be a good Blue Peter. I don't think she needs to be a host. But what's her job aside from that? Um, exactly. That I, is a her model. job. Huh? She used to be a model. When? Before she became a host. She was a model and a host. I mean, based on her walking skills when she's coming to the villa, we can... That's all. what I'm saying. I don't feel like it actually... <laughs> I think, that's not true. I think she was a... Um, like, um, no, she wasn't a catwalk model. Hand model. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are you just dragging her? No, do you know what? I feel like people don't actually praise hand models enough exactly, because yeah. remember that episode of My Life and Kids? Actually, this isn't an episode of Friends. And the dad was going to be a hand model. <laughs> Sorry, that show was so funny. Yeah, and they cancelled it on Trouble. No, <laughs> Trouble, you messed up. And guess yeah. what? Trouble doesn't exist Trouble anymore. doesn't exist, you see? And that's what you get. Payback. But I think, in just in terms of Laura, she could not carry the reunion. Then... It's time to also talk about the actual reunion itself. Dead. And the Nobody asks the questions that... I don't get it. They know full well what questions we want them to ask exactly. because we've been tweeting all season long. Yeah. And then you get to the reunion and you're asking people, where are you sleeping? I don't care about no. that. Or like, oh, the most famous catchphrase that you had, Andrew, was about the tit. No one cares. Bring Coco on and let's have a whole discussion. No, don't bring Coco on. Be like, why did you lick her, her tit? <laughs> Why did you do it? Nobody's asking a simple, simple <laughs> question. question. Yes. Of all, like, no one said you can't fall around with a new girl. Did you have to look at it? How many days were it? How it many days? One day. Oh, because sh- by the second day, he was starting to feel guilty. <laughs> and by the third day, I was actually like, oh, he's not going to pick this girl. No. After all of this. No, after you lick the tit, you have to bring her back in. That, you have to. That's what the kids wanted to know. Yeah, Why did what, you lick her tit or whatever? I get it. At this point, I'm kind of happy for Andrew and Tasha because they genuinely seem like they yeah. really like each other. And I understand that you probably don't want to go in when you're seeing two people who've moved on and be like, do you remember that thing that happened that you didn't like? But equally, that's what we want to know yeah. as viewers. So you need to find a way to ask a question where it's like, I love you guys. Yeah. Why did you lick Coco's tit? <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And I, th- I think there's there's two things that is worth flagging. Firstly, they filmed the reunion about three days after yes. they returned back yeah. to the UK. Davide, for instance, had not even seen Ekinsu's infamous crawl Davide until was still it was the reunion. Yeah, these guys they had not actually digested the show. They hadn't no, digested no, the feeling. No. The shade is starting to come through on Twitter where there's, there's some like banter that's going on. Or not even banter. There's some shade between the contestants. But it's not enough for it to really digest and see the arguments. And that is why we're seeing the arguments from the people that have left the, the villa. Had time. Yeah, exactly. Like the Jacks, like the Cocos, the <gasps> Why summer. was Jacks not at the reunion? That's a big question. Because, oh, unfortunately, Jax wasn't able to make it. And he couldn't send a video? No. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do one of those the segments. live cut to yeah. him in, his, in the studio? Like, you couldn't do like what you did last year where they had a little um, restaurant dinner where you brought, yeah, um, what's yeah. his face? The two, that guy, I can't remember what his name was. Um, Jake. Jake Jack. and... Jake. And uh, what's the other girl? Page? No, no Paige. it wasn't Paige. Liberty. Oh, Liberty right. and Jake had a whole sit down 
where they discussed the relationship during the week and then showed it on the reunion. Yeah. I don't understand why that didn't happen. But to be perfectly honest, the whole production value and segments was just poor. It was and just one long episode, episode of Aftersun. And yeah, that was just not needed. And the Why pro- also was it set up to have the finalists on the stage and then the people that actually made the drama in the, the crowd, crowds, like yeah. regular people? Why was Danica in the crowd? Do you know why? When we all have lots of questions for Danica. Exactly. How did you manage? Because if I got rejected once, I would have asked to be sent home. But you stuck in there for six men. We had six men mug you off, babe. (laughs) And you're actually a sweetheart. I don't think there's a bad bone in that little girl's body. She's so naive. Yeah, she's a kid. She's 21. But she's like incredibly naive. Almost to the point of annoying. Almost to the point. No, I feel like... I feel like the other thing as well, she has been clowned a lot. And yeah. she's, if she wasn't the way she was, I'm really sure this girl would yeah. have been like, um, remember the be kind thing otherwise, yeah. because you're hurting a lot of people. Like people are just clowning her. Yeah. But I, for me, the, the reason this reunion, this did not give was because it was too soon. Way, way too soon. You need to be following the segments and you need to be following the structures of the housewives reunions. They can't. I mean, I know it can't be as dirty and as messy as those reunions, but even just like the order, like I agree with you, the finalists should not have just been sitting there. They should have alternated the finalists as time went on and depend on what they were talking about. Plus the focus needs to be on the contestants, not these random segments to do with the DJ. Who gave a oh crap about God. the flipping DJ? Or about this random comedian who they never even mentioned his name doing impersonations of all the different contestants. When they opened the show and they mentioned like, and then we'll be chatting to Joe Corey about his experience on Love Island. I was like, who DJed one party? Why are we cutting away from the contestants to hear what the DJ has to say about the one time he was in the villa? I feel like there is a discrepancy between the Love Island producers and the people that watch the show in a way that doesn't make sense because you know they're on Twitter looking at all of our tweets. Oh, you know, you know. So... Honestly, when they said that, I was like, who? Come again? Ekin who? Like, literally could not care less. And then the other segments, the the awards at the end of the show. um, I like the idea of awards, though. Yeah, it's fine, but it's the But only if they're messy. Yeah, exactly. And also... It's because it was and like they should the be ice. voted on by the other Love Islanders. Because <laughs> that's where you get the thing for the Twitter challenge and the, all those mm. kind of fun challenges that should have happened even in this season but didn't happen. And they should have asked Davide and Eka to see what they would have done if they could split the money. Ooh, that was, that's a good question. That's a good question. Like, why remove the segment completely and not discuss? Yeah. It feels crazy yeah. to me. I, I think it was just an icing on top of the cake. Oh, sorry, on top of the pancake of how poor that whole reunion was. I wouldn't even really call it a reunion. I'd just call it an episode of After Sun. Because when you say reunion, I feel like there was a bunch of us who've seen messy reunions who came there for like tea to be spilled. And not one tea was spilled. Lacey and Deji were getting into it. Like you guys are not even secondary characters, you're tertiary (laughs) characters. You are not even the C plot. Exactly. You're literally D and E F plot. You're D J I plot. <laughs> Deji, like, I mean, Deji became a bigger name, but you know he was from the obscene, and then people were like, "Where's Deji? Where's Deji?" And then people were like, "Oh, actually, Deji's funny." But that's yeah. the thing, Deji's, Deji's Love Island experiences. You're a meme. <laughs> Nobody was fussed about Deji meeting a girl. Did anyone care? No one could care less. Did I anyone mean, care? I mean, no one saw even that thing with Lacey being anything. 
like no i didn't see it for them i wouldn't have been offended if they were like you know what we only really hung out for a few days and we've decided that we're just gonna split off as friends i would not have been offended i'd be like you know what? it makes sense you what was the actually... cocoa and summer fight about well, which was barely a fight yeah i mean it has something to do with something coco may have said about josh yeah she's not yeah so josh. josh so coco said on a podcast that after you leave love island they put you in a villa for a couple of days and they make you film a bunch of um segments yeah such as your high school musical stuff (laughs) exactly and then the girlie who was interviewing her was like oh did you get with josh and she was like no i didn't but i could have oh my gosh oh wait it's because they left together didn't they yeah it was just the two of them in the villa so what i feel like what she was saying was like it was just the two of us in the villa to be fair, Coco talks a lot and she really should yeah, learn to. She, yeah. But it seems like her personality is she's like, I'll open book, I'll say whatever. Yeah. The, but she was like, yeah. oh, there was one point where Josh was like, I'm horny. And she was like, okay, I'm going to bed, bye. Oh my, okay, now I understand. So that's what she was trying to say was like, it really felt like, had I been like, let's do it, we could have yeah. done it. But I feel like maybe what Summer heard was, I can steal your man. Okay. Which I don't think is what she was trying to say at all. I haven't listened to the podcast, so I... But I don't yeah. think that's what she was trying to say at all. But I can see how the issue is that Coco's been going on a lot of podcasts and talking a lot. Mm. And mean, that stuff comes back to bite you. Be careful no what true. you say on podcasts. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do think that there's a few interviews I... Well, one main interview I saw with her and Murad, and I felt sorry for her because she talked about some of the abuse that she felt online and some of the comments and accusations that were made about her. You know, I understood why she was speaking up about it. But there was some other extra beef with that other girl. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what her who, name is. Who, who, again, was saying that she had this instant cosmic connection with Andrew that we never saw. I'm sorry, on the thing that no one spoke about, Coco and Davide kiss. Oh, yeah. Everyone is just acting like that never happened. The same night that she got with Andrew, she, she got with da- Dav- Davide. You know what? There was a whole list of questions that the producers, they sat in a circle and said, let's put all the shadiest questions there, took those questions, put it in the pit and put, burnt it alive. And we're like, we can't do it because we care about ads and we care about our off-com I also just don't think... I feel like the thing about Caroline is she could have asked that question in a way that made people answer it. Yeah. I just think Laura gets people's backs up. Yeah. Like, they don't warm to her. So when yeah. she asks you a shady question, you're like... That's fucking shady, yeah, as yeah. opposed to if someone's like, oh, it's just me and you doing Gossip Girl. Yeah. Like, what did you think when that happened? Yeah. Um, I just don't know. She's just a bit cold. I don't, there's no warmth. I just get the impression, honestly, Island. I just get the impression that she thinks she's better than Love Island. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's the problem. 100%. That's the problem. Though, even the fact that even in previous series, no, last series, there's a lot of accusations again made about um, Laura. The fact that there have been some observations where she has been not as fair yeah, a bit to, biased. The black, to the black yeah. contestants. And like Rachel Phyllis from yeah. the last series flagged it that, you know, she wasn't the greatest host. And my girl was quick to bounce back, um, clap back so quickly on Twitter. And I was like, where's all this energy come from? You have more energy in your tweet than you did in the whole season. And this season is no different. So... I don't think that the Sterling family is going to leave anytime soon. I mean, I got. I mean, she's, I'm going to be honest. She's incredibly lucky that that's her husband. Oh God! If yeah. we're going to be on, if we're going to talk yeah. about it, because I don't think she would have got that job otherwise. Because no. who would we want to see? I was, I was want to see like a Maya Jama. Um, I would have liked AJ. Yeah, she's a good child. She'd have been brilliant. Yeah. Um, just someone who you feel like is not 
talking to the contestants like they're better yeah. than them. Yeah. Actually, you want someone that you would think that in another world they could would go on. Yeah, like, exactly. Because yeah, that's basically Karen. I mean, she, didn't she date like a contestant? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like, it's not that far-fetched if one of your, cont- oh no, I'm going to say I can see could potentially also host. Because I I'd think love she, that. She, she had that host vibe i would love that let's replace more with ekansu because perfectly honest every time there was moments where you know you had to read a text or you had to um announce who's leaving ekansu would be like so i just want to have this moment to talk about she's always doing the toast she's always doing toast everyone let's toast friendship love and the best summer of our lives it's me ekansu i hope she does a podcast yeah i think i just think that she would be a great replacement and i think it's also relatable because is a previous winner. Not like, what's his face, Adam Collard. No, he didn't even win He was useless, absolutely useless. He looked great, but. Adam Collard? Look like he's 52, don't even start. <laughs> don't start, because I'll just end the podcast he's, right his now. His height, his height as No, we have points. to stop this height supremacy. Wait, we have to stop so this height day... supremacy. We can't, guys, we have to do better. So when I talk to you about short kings, look, you now be quiet. When I've said, oh, why wouldn't you go out with a short king? I never said I would not go out with a short king. <laughs> do you want me to start putting out texts? <laughs> We're going to do another segment called Date and Scribbles. <laughs> date and Scribbles, <laughs> which is nice. I like that. Date and Scribbles. We're going to do another segment called Date and Giggles. No, let's call it Date and Scribbles. I think actually, Date cool. and Scribbles was actually quite, yeah. Um, where we talk about people's dates. Or I can just give you options or people that you should date. And then you turn around and be like, nah, mate. Because he's Listen. five foot seven. Please see the last episode. Um, Christopher Abbott is not tall. <laughs> no, he's not. And he's he's my short king. <laughs> so, but you wouldn't go out with him. Yes, I would. You would just watch him as he's shaking his ears from <laughs> left to right. Okay. I would absolutely. I wouldn't go out with him. I'd be his wife. <laughs> I don't think he's a person that you date. I think he's you a just person that like, you're just his wife. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I can't wait for my short king to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, short king, can you come and get me? On my way, dude. Everyone's like, there's a 12 year old in the foyer. I'm like, no, that's actually my husband. <laughs> Either way, we will have a um, segment called Date and Scribbles where we talk about potential dates. If you had to date someone from Love Island, this is our last question on Love Island reunion, oh, from this this season. Okay. You have to go on a date with them. I'm not saying you have to marry them. Oh. Go on a date with them. Who are you going on a date with? That is so tough. That is really tough because they're all annoying. Um, and they're all mediocre. Okay, I would have gone on a date with Andrew, mine is a tit I knew you was going to say fucking Andrew. I <laughs> knew mine, it! Mine is a tit or whatever moment. I knew you was going to um, say wait, Andrew. So you are what, basic, honey. What option do I have? Oh, actually, no, it's hell I. Oh, no, I, I don't think I can go out with Adam Collard. I don't. No, we also want he was just rating him. Yeah, because he looked, sorry. Sorry, I'll take it all back. Jay, I'll go Jay, Jay. dead cat. Look, I do. Sorry, sorry. I take it all back. Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going from worse to worse. I'm going to pick Danica. (laughs) I forgot the girls are on the opposite team. The girls are option. Oh, if I'm, oh, if I'm being dead serious, I'm going on a date with Ekin Sue. Actually, sorry, why, why, yeah, why not? Why not? (laughs) We'll have an amazing chat. She's got 50Ks. She's Let's do it! <laughs> Order the most expensive wire and keep it coming. If, yeah, but if it was going to be a guy, it would be Andrew minus a tear, Jay with the abs, and Charlie for the worm. <laughs> there is a special place in hell for you for saying that. I think, um, if I had to pick a, a guy, dude, yeah. I think 
Don't say dummy. It's so annoying what I happened with yeah, dummy because no, I would have so, said dummy. It would have been fun. It would be a fun day. It's one, yeah, it was true. And the thing is, I, I mean, I really don't like dummy. I didn't like how he behaved in the show. It cannot. But he's... <laughs> Do you know, know, actually, do you know what my toxic trait is? I would have gone on a date with Billy. Oh my gosh. Bantasaurus, (laughs) man. Bantasaurus, yeah. Oh, we would be bantering till midnight, babe. And then I'd never see him again. You know that Billy would be a good time. That's the worst thing. You would be laughing. You would, yeah, but I wouldn't want him to come near me. Who said anything about coming in? It's a date. Yeah, but in his head, he'd be like, I'm making her laugh, though. I'm making her laugh. He didn't make Danica laugh, and he still got in, got in those sheets. So don't worry. Yeah, but Billy was number five. By that point, she would have taken anyone. She was tired. She was so exhausted. She was tired and horny. She said, I'm, <laughs> "I can't." My I bed can't. has been there, being tired and dusty for the past five weeks. Okay. I need someone. Um, Deji, for jokes. I don't. There's something about Deji I don't like. <laughs> the Niger boy. Yeah, but so is Jamie. And so is Akena. <laughs> All three of them. There was every single boy that came on the show this year was Nigerian. Oh, wow. Apart really? from, I don't know about Josh and Jamie. I mean, Jamie seemed quite sweet, but he oh, looks like he's going to drop Danica Remy. like a hot. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> hey, do you know what? The things, I felt really sorry for Remy and the whole, like, rapping thing. So maybe I'll, like, give him a pity. No, day. I don't, because he seemed crazy. Him and that other dude, the model. Which one? The one who Danica had to pick between Jamie and that other dude, the other mixed race. Yeah, that Josh. No, that wasn't Josh. No, it wasn't Josh. Oh yeah, that. Oh my god, no him. That's why I'm saying those. No. Remy and him. No, no, he was nah. giving me doofus vibes. It's, he was giving me kill you in your sleep vibes. No, I was just. You're I, asleep and then he gets a pillow and some she vibes. No, I was getting more like not the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Which isn't a bad thing. No, we no. have to protect himbos. It's not yeah, fair. Yeah, no, he's you know I'm sure he's lovely, but no, <laughs> I think if you want jokes, you'll go out with a Billy or a Dabby or someone that we can give you good vibes, but it's not romantic. Yeah, no. If you want not. someone that, you, that looks pretty on the other side of the table, I can see Jay. We did say that we were going to revisit our thoughts on um, Renaissance. Yeah. Oh, my thoughts basically on Renaissance. And the controversial thing that I told uh, Marnie about just before we recorded was as soon as you left the recording last week, yeah. I got a video that popped up on my YouTube. Either it was listening to me because we were talking about Beyonce. Of course it was. And, you know, Marnie was shouting, I just want to shake my ass to Beyonce. But the first video that came up was... <laughs> Beyonce Renaissance is demonic. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a pastor there who gave a blow by blow, play by play breakdown of different songs and why it was demonic or not pleasing to God. And a lot of it was down to the explicit lyrics and excessive sex. Those are the two points. Anyway, did not change my- Do people not have sex in the Bible? People did have sex. There was a whole whole chapter called Sons of Solomon that is basically porn. Biblical porn. Yeah, yeah. Open (laughs) your Bible. Open your Bible to to Genesis chapter. So I did listen to some songs. I also listened to the um, recent remix of Break My Soul, the Queen remix with Madonna, which I think is a really interesting take um, on the (laughs) the, 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 the song. song. Um, That's very funny. 
But I don't think my opinion has massively changed in terms of how I would rank Renaissance in comparison to the other albums. I don't think it's a bad album the way that I probably... Th- or not a bad album. I don't think that the album is as bad as I thought it was when I initially heard it and the time that I was struggling to really get through and understand where Beyonce was going with the album. Um, I think is there is just a time and place. And I, my thoughts haven't changed on that. I think it's a time and place of that particular album. And it's going to have a great, like play in terms of clubs and the summer vibe and summer feels but if i really want to listen to heartland beyonce i'm not going to be picking up renaissance i'm going to be going down to some of her older stuff because that's the beyonce that i know that's the beyonce i grew up with but i'm not saying that it's a bad album because it's not i just think maybe it's just not the album for me and and that's fine it's fine that it's not the album for me it's an album for someone like my co-host Marnie who will continue to tell me how amazing the, the album is I'm but not that, that's going just, to actually I'm that's not, my general that's my general thought like it's very interesting because I think of the two of us you're probably more of a Beyonce fan than I am probably yeah uh, like even you saying Heartland Beyonce like lol when I'm like <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before in my life and I don't think I am ever just like oh, I'm in the mood for Heartland Beyonce <laughs> like I I I I think of Beyonce um, as like nostalgic Beyonce and then yeah. there is Beyonce that's sort of like a hype man yeah. and I like as an older person I've been more inclined towards Beyonce as, as a hype man because I think the juxtaposition of who Beyonce was when I was a kid and the version of Beyonce that's in the renaissance or the version of her that's in like diva is just such a different Beyonce mm. that I like the subversion like that's oh, you came face. in here. It's such a face, ultimately. Yeah, I know, but like, I, like, but like that twins, like, I like partition, but I only like partition because Beyonce to me is not a person who has sex. Yeah. I she, don't think of her as a sexual even being. Though, for even most of her career, she's been in leotards, shaking her ass. I ass. know, but to me, I'm like, Beyonce is honestly good, clean fun. Beyonce is like, where, like, it's so funny that this guy was saying that her album's demonic because. I remember when it was like, Lady Gaga's demonic, Beyonce is good, (laughs) Beyonce is angel, Lady Gaga is demon. And now, I'm like, I mean, I don't know, every time I see her do something that just is not what I expect of Heartland Beyonce, I'm honestly tickled. Yeah. I'm tickled, I love the way that she can like, she's adaptable, she reinvents herself. Like, for a woman musician to continue to stay relevant, for anyone actually, put women as a musician aside, to continue to stay relevant for such a long time is a feat of genius. Especially where it's not just like, oh, I have the I've cornered this specific market and I make this specific music. Mm. She she's like, oh I'll make any music. Yeah. I'll make any music and she, I'll make the best damn version of it even. I mean she's learned from the likes of like Madonna who, you know, continually she hasn't been relevant but, in years. Yeah, but she will continually, you know, um reinvent herself. Till kingdom come. Yeah, I do agree. Beyonce is able to get with the times and adapt her music to different genres, different vibes, different feelings. So she she will always remain current. I don't doubt that at all. And she will always have that loyal fan base. Yeah. Um sometimes she'll, she'll have sometimes she'll have mega hits, sometimes she'll have not so mega hits. She'll have people like me, chaotic stands who pick and choose when they love Beyonce. Like I, I, honestly, like I was saying, I've I've watched Homecoming twice and 
both times I was like, I'm still in awe of what she pulled off yeah. here. Like, I oh, just yeah. think it's incredible. Yeah. But equally, if you ask me right now who my favourite musician is, I'm not going to say Beyonce. So she's just not who the, she's just not the first person that no. comes into my head. But she is stuck. And I think it's because she's so consistently good yeah. that, like, you're just like, oh, Beyonce's just like a, you know. Staple. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Exactly. She doesn't feel like a special dish no. at the restaurant. No. She feels like you come in here, you get the carbonara, it's always good. It's like Nando's. It's you like never go Nando's. wrong. Well, yeah. sometimes Nando's does flop. Oh, we'll talk about it off mic when that <laughs> happens. I just think that, yeah, Beyonce always hits out of the park. However, back to this album, I have still big questions about this rollout. This promotional tour has been so interesting and I don't understand what's going on because again maybe i'm going and harkening back to the good old days of beyonce when we would expect to see you know the music video the interviews you know the um the tour dates something that's hyping up you know this album and the continual promotion of this album i just haven't seen it and i know that we are in a different age we are in the age of spotify we're in the age of digital music, the fact that, you know, songs come and go in the blink of an eye, but I just don't understand why this album has not been hyped. It is given the honestly never mind era of Drake, where he came in with an album, said honestly never mind, and then disappeared. You're the saying the, the era of Drake, this thing hasn't, oh, it's still currently happening. It's, it's a minute finished. Um, but... I mean, you were talking about her promotional party. Well, I'm saying she had a party, I don't know if it's promotional, because the party was for celebs. So is that a promotion or is no. it not just you and your mates but listening to your album? Probably. I mean, I was saying that it harkened back to the days of Prince where he used to have um, parties. Usually after his tours with celebrities, they'll, they'll go around to his um, to his house and he'll perform songs. And it was that kind of vibe where, you know, Prince is so cool and he's very exclusive. But again, because you're promoting this album, which I'm assuming this party was going to do you don't even have influencers posting about it you only had press there taking photos of people as they walked in and that was the only press i would not have known anything about this show no was i don't, press, I, don't influencers think, there? I don't think it was promotional i genuinely think it was like i've got an album the album's already come out it's you know people can't stop talking about mm. it um i'm gonna have a party where i play the album do you want to come okay, because to me party. it felt like Getting an invite to that party was more about your status than it was about Beyonce. Mm. Beyonce inviting me to her, like, Beyonce inviting Donald Glover and um, Tyler Perry and Janelle Monet, like, you're saying you guys are my circle. Mm. To me, it told me more about Donald Glover than it did about Beyonce. His outfit told me more about Donald Glover than anything else. <laughs> I mean, to, to Donald Glover's stylist, I really don't think his stylist had anything to do with this. Um, or him the boots the boobs the boots <laughs> we have to discuss the boots okay just FYI if we ever meet in person I will be asking about those boots because I don't I don't know I wish I could use the photo of the Glover as our thumbnail Every episode, we should change our thumbnail to the, whatever it is. So last week should be Charlie Abbott. This week is Donald Glover in his outfit. Um, uh, but a last thing on the Beyonce news, she did remove Kelly's from Energy. And uh, I've been looking at the discourse around it. And actually, basically, I saw a tweet that was like, Kelly's kind of played herself because yeah. as a songwriter on that song, on energy she would have actually made money money that she didn't make from milkshake 
And now she's going to make nothing. Zero. Um, In her head, she'll be like, the principal, though, is the principal. No, and I get that. I do. Do you know what? Funny story that is kind of relevant to this. I found an email. I saw an email today um, that I sent to somebody at my workplace um, about a project that I wanted to make that had got sort of relatively mundane feedback. Like, it wasn't a no, it wasn't a yes. Mm. And I sent a very heated email back. And I think that heated email actually cost me the project. It's easy for me to say this a year on, because now I have more of a sense of those people and how they work. And at the time, I took it as a personal insult that they weren't as immediately enthusiastic as I was. Whereas now, I'm aware that, like, they like to feel like they're part of the development process. So when they give a question... It's not to say that your answer was wrong. It's they're basically being like, convince me. And at the time, I was like, I don't convince people. I have good ideas and that's it. You convince me. It's like, Lit- I, I don't mean, convince my you. My email was like, I've already decided who the writer is. And if they don't want to take it on board, I'm not going to do the project because I don't want to do it with anybody else. I've worked with this person. I can vouch for them. I would go to bat for them. And if they're not interested in that, then that's fine. But we need to figure out the process because I'm not going to do this again. I will not be in this position again. I was hot. I was hot. And I read it today and I was like, they should have actually disciplined me for that because that's actually nuts that I sent that to my boss. (laughs) Two months into the job. (laughs) I might as well have been like, you know what, you can tell him to go fuck himself. Because that's basically what I was saying. I read it back and I was like, wow, I've a lot of him. That's why hindsight is 2020. Okay, and that's for that's for all you guys out there that are in jobs, and you're ready to just go at it. Hindsight. I I have a new. I think from then I don't. I have oh. a, a rule now. I don't know if I had it then, but my yeah. rule is always like, when I can feel myself getting that hot, I have to sleep on it. Same. Because otherwise, I am actually going yeah. to. I'm gonna. If this wasn't a confrontation, it is it's now. now. Yeah. It's either I sleep on it or I have to like step away from my laptop, step away from the desk, go and do a walk, or go and speak to someone about it. And like my brother is this person who I can speak to and he gives me this different perspective. I'm just like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's nice. And then, you know. Because me and my on. sister just egg each other on. My sister would be like, yeah, tell them how it is. My brother would be like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. I say so I don't. I don't have someone who does that. But I do feel like once I've gone to bed and woken up in the morning, like common sense is back. It's like yeah. this is really not that yeah. serious. Yeah. Like you don't need to lose your job over this. Yeah. But I really did feel at the time I was ready to. I was ready to lose my job over the situation. And like I would just. It was just crazy because I was like I would never send an email like that. Now like, I really want to see the, read send this email. email like this. I'll show it to you afterwards. Yeah. I am keen I feel like that's what Khalees did. She should have slept on it. She should have. I'm keen to hear what Khalees says after. There's nothing debacle. else to say. There's nothing else to say no. because she did what she did and Beyonce's done what she's done. Mm. She can't now come back and be like, Beyonce put me back on the song. No. Oh, come on. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's done. It has to be done. Yeah. Perfectly honest, Khalees. In hindsight, we should never have known about this. If you were pissed... You should have spoken to Pharrell. You should have spoken to Beyonce. Directly. No, I don't think she speaks to Pharrell, babe. No, I mean, but you should have found a way to get to Beyonce. I don't doubt- And just be like, girl, let's just have a brunch. Let's just have a drink. Let's I have a quick think, chat. and I, I'd be curious to know what you think. There is no way Beyonce did not reach out to her after that video. Clearly, 
something still happened that led yeah. to Beyonce removing Actually, from the video. To be honest, I don't know. I someone like, in her team must have. Maybe, yeah. I can't imagine that they saw that and went, LOL, no. we're not going to respond no, to that. The, the fact because that they we're... decided to take her off the song. Yeah. So conversations must have yeah. happened. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It is a learning lesson. And I think it's also going to be a learning lesson for other artists who you know, decide to sample others. This is not going to be the last case because these cases always happen. I just had a, another thought. Yeah. Do you think that Kelly's wanted to be off the record because she, because if she was on it, both her and Pharrell would get the credit? I mean, I mean, it's a very... I mean, I'd pay enough that I would do that. Like, so I'd rather I, I didn't get the credit like, so I don't want get my, the credit. I don't want the Queens and you won't either. Yeah, neither one of us are getting it. I don't know. I just think she was just pissed off. And I think in her, she was like, I'm not just doing it for me, I'm doing it for other artists. Which I 100% understand. And there is some trauma that artists do experience when their music has been stolen from them. But, it's a bigger question when it was stolen, but yeah. again, I don't think she's that petty. Please. But she is controversial. Like, she's she's always going to be outspoken. That's just how she is. Please, we love you. We still love you, man. Your music I... was incredibly formative to me. Yeah, I love Milkshake. And I love... Um... <laughs> I love Milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's another song I really love of hers. Um, Trick Me. That's one of my favourite Khaleesi's songs. My favourite Khaleesi song is Trilogy. And Bossy, obviously. Oh, yeah, Bossy. And Papa a Millionaire. That was, actually, no, that's oh, not even hers. That was um, a song. Yeah, of course. No, actually, it's a Khalees song featuring Andre 3000. Oh, isn't it? Okay, yeah. I yeah. like Papa and Amelia, yeah. It's called Millionaire. Okay, yeah, but... Stop saying still... Papa. Yeah, but she said Papa. Stop saying Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I actually but... really don't like the word Papa anymore. I think the Makes word... me think of Stranger Things. I think that the word Daddy has become really disgusting. Daddy? Yeah, I think that has. And so my dad off you. I heard someone say something today and it made me feel ill. What was it? I think it was an adult referring to another adult as like, well, mummy's busy. But they weren't the mummy. But I do. Like, mummy's tired. But do you think, but who she was, was they talking to? Another adult or a child? An adult. Okay, then that's the problem. <laughs> because if, for instance, like, my friend has their child and the parent is there, I would refer to them as mummy. No, I'd be like, Francis, come get your kid. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I probably would, but it's because I know that. The mummy, or actually, I don't even think I'll say daddy, but the mummy is there. Are you being serious? Have you ever, have you ever actually said to one of our friends' children, "Oh, let's go find your mummy"? Yeah. Oh, I've never done that. I have, but that's because I've definitely were, said mum. But, the, but I'm they not were doing fr- mummy. No, I think I have probably said mummy, but that's maybe. Disgusting. But it's because they were really young. I think as they've grown older, I've now changed it to mum. But I, they were really I actually, young. I don't know if I want to be called mummy. What do you want to be called? Ma'am? Mama? Ma'am? It's <laughs> very funny. It's very specific, that name. <laughs> I want to be called... Oh. Mom. Mom? Yeah. Call me... I was going to say call me whatever. No, you call me mommy. Call me auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely confuse the child. I told you... Did I ever tell you? My aunt and my uncle call my, uh, my nan's sister. Oh, I heard about... Yeah, yeah that, no, that's sissy. the thing, yeah. Um, like my siblings are supposed to call me auntie because I'm the eldest and wait I was like, what? yeah I was like that doesn't work my aunt the other day was like you're a great aunt and I was like excuse oh. you bro about great aunt <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself bro I've never been a great aunt and I never will be I am the greatest aunt but I'm not a great aunt <laughs> wow that sounds like a Drake lyric <laughs> I'm the greatest aunt <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's time for us to talk about the review of the week. Yeah. yeah. Last week we had a recommendation. I think it was your recommendation. Or agreed. 
recommendation. No, it was your recommendation. Okay, next week you have to do your own. I, I will have my own yeah. next week. Don't you worry about it. Um, we said that we were going to talk about The Most Hated Man on the Internet. It's a uh, docu-series on Netflix um, surrounding the life of Hunter Moore, who created a website called Is Anyone Up? Yeah. .com. I don't know why I had to add the .com, because I don't think it was .com. Because that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> Just and... in case you didn't understand how internet <laughs> website uh, URLs work, it ends in .com. <laughs> I cannot remember the year, but... The thing is, this it sort felt of, very early. It felt very early 2000s. in terms, yeah, early two thousand in terms of the rise of the internet, but also very recent. Like this story doesn't sound like it, it's unheard of in terms no, of no, no, no. It no. could have happened in twenty twenty. So we haven't actually said what the website yeah, listen, is. It was a cross between a revenge porn site where people could send nude or lewd images of. Ex partners or other people as a form of revenge, and that was put up on the site alongside their Facebook profiles and also, you know, other personal information that could include emails, their addresses, email addresses, etc. And the site also included other nude and naked images of people, predominantly women, that we found out later on in the show um, were images that were hacked into um, private people's um, personal devices, emails, and profiles. And there were uh, there was like a third rung of stuff where people posted their own nudes yeah. and stuff to the website. With interesting results. Um, and some of those um, nude images were also egged on by the visitors and users of that site. So people may suggest what type of images they should post up and people will give certain things that they would want to see. Basically, it was like Pornhub before Pornhub. Um, I actually don't think. Like I actually don't actually think. Quite, yeah, yes, I don't yeah, think it was, was like a Pornhub. And this is going to be controversial. But I actually think Pornhub is a little bit classier than what Are You Up was because, I mean, this is interesting because Pornhub actually recently, the laws changed so that Pornhub had to basically delete every video on there because they couldn't verify because people were basically saying someone has uploaded. An ex unloaded like a, a sex tape of the two of us to Pornhub um, without my consent. Mm. Um, and people were lobbying the government about this. And so Pornhub had to basically raise everything from its site. And everyone who uploads to Pornhub now has to be a verified member. Which makes sense. But that being said, this also how do you ensure that the verified users are verified? And that is actually the permission of both or multiple members involved in said video. But but even then, right, it's it's better than it was because if you verify who you are and you've posted a video that I'm in, mm-hmm. I can at least go to Pornhub and say, X, who you know who their real name is because they've had to verify themselves on Pornhub, has put a picture of me up mm-hmm. against my well. Yeah. So you know exactly who you're dealing with. Whereas as before, anyone could have like... 15, 16 Pornhub accounts and just be posting the same video over and over every single time Pornhub pulled it out. It's actually quite messed up because of the, definitely the type of site that is. And also even the site, this site was in the, in the um, documentaries, anyone up. Um, the fact that people were able to do it so freely. And also I think it was definitely a sign of the times where there wasn't as much regulation when it comes to the internet. And there still isn't when there you really think isn't. about it in comparison to other structures or media forms. About the end of the series, they say, like, literally, like, 
maybe state laws have changed, but there still isn't a federal law to protect people from being the victims of revenge porn. Exactly. And speaking of victims, I think the story really follows one particular victim. Her name was Kayla Laws, who found her topless pictures on the site. And of course, she's reached out to family to help in terms, and you know, rightfully so, she did not know this was going to happen. Um, it was images of her taken in the privacy of her own home for actually no one to see and she didn't send it to other people like you do hear some of these um stories where people are hacked but it's because it was on their iCloud or they sent it to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever this did not happen um and she was completely blindsided she spoke to her mum about the situation and her mum who's called Charlotte Laws basically took this as a mantle and lobbied incredibly hard to one find Hunter Moore for him to take down not just her pictures and ultimately you know I think Charlotte Laws was a massive influence in changing some of the laws today in terms of lewd nude images of people on the internet and so I think at the end of the day the story does revolve a lot around Hunter Moore and the way that his character was as someone who is irresponsible he wants and is eager for fame and controversial but a lot of the story is also about Charlotte Laws as a fighter and even though she wasn't a victim herself her daughter was a victim and she took this cause on and is someone that is you know highly regarded and also very much respected by not just her daughter of course but the other victims involved so that that was the story but how did you think the documentary was kind of structured I think I definitely wasn't expecting Charlotte Laws to become the sort of hero of mm. the of the series. Um, and I don't think you realise she's the hero until you get to maybe episode two or three, mm. where they actually start the episode telling you about who Charlotte is. Mm. Um, and they tell you that she what she used to do in the in the 80s is gate crash celebrity parties. And then she has this moment where she's like, basically if someone tells me something's exclusive or if someone says this is the rule and they can't tell me why it's the rule, I will find a way around it. Mm. And that's kind of her, that was her mentality in, in tackling the um, the situation her daughter was in, which was like, someone put your picture up, we need to take it down. And I won't hear no, essentially. Mm. And there is a point where, so Charlotte's husband, um, is a lawyer and initially when she tells him about the situation that Kayla's in he's like oh they'll probably just delete it in a bit it'll go away like don't make a fuss it took them a while to convince him which is so surprising that actually the internet isn't this place and I get it because it was early internet times mm. but like the internet's not this place where like people just forget about stuff like it was around the time the internet was starting to blur into people's real lives and I actually think the podcast played down the fact that there were people who ended up on this site who had to change their real names afterwards because they couldn't separate themselves from from the scandal of the website um people had to change their numbers people had to move away like Mm. it really did change people's lives actually it almost impacted people to the case or to the point where people were almost committing suicide or having serious mental health issues because of this issue that occurred, or for a good chunk of them, they were hacked, so it was completely out of their control. They had no idea it was happening, and they had no idea how it happened. But even if you weren't hacked, like if I, I think that's the fun, that's the fundamental issue 
with revenge porn. When they went to the police, even though they spoke to a female police officer, she was like, well, if you took naked pictures of yourself, what did you expect? That like victim blaming mentality is what allowed Hunter Moore to continue with this website for such a long time. If anyone had taken it seriously, if I upload my own picture, this is what I wanted. Mm. If I didn't, I am a victim. Mm. Regardless of whether I sent it to my boyfriend, I wanted him to see it. Regardless of if I put it in my iCloud and I wanted to look at it one day. Regardless if I got hacked, this picture wasn't for the internet. Mm. And if I wanted it to be for the internet, I would have uploaded it myself. And Hunter Moore's website was all about, and it felt solely towards the end, all it was about was catching women in compromising positions without their consent. The women that were uploading, the men that were uploading, dwindled and dwindled and dwindled, and the website became almost entirely about come find your PE teacher's tits online, come find your boss's wife's tits online, Um, any way that we can basically ruin someone's life. Which is something that he he did say, he was like, I'm here to basically ruin people's lives. And I think a lot of the site was to do with shame and banter. Shame for the victim's perspective and banter for the viewers and the users. He created this manosphere, oh goodness me, I can't believe I'm using that word, of men, predominantly men, and probably young boys who got off to the fact that you could embarrass and ruin someone's life to the point where they were suggesting photos that they wanted to see or people that they wanted to see or objects that they wanted to see in people's bodies and, you know, I think, requesting those. I think also, like, I actually think the thing about this 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 um, documentary that struck me was, like, I actually don't think the majority of the users were men. I, there were, they, at the beginning, they yeah. speak about a lot of women who were like, yeah, it was the scene. We'd all go on this website every day and look at what had been posted. There were women consuming those videos and pictures too. There were videos, like people would post their reaction shots to things they saw on the website. And they weren't all boys, they were women. And I think that we as women always like to forget the part that we play in victim blaming. It was really interesting that it was a female police officer Mm. that didn't take them seriously. There was a clip from a a news story where the journalist is a woman saying, well, if you take pictures of your tits, what do you expect? There are women who sort of pick me's, whose whole thing is is sort of backing men in like, well, she deserves it, she deserves it. It's only to make themselves feel better. And I feel like the audience who would go on the website to look at those pictures are doing the same thing. They want to indulge in someone else's shame. Mm. And so it's not just men going on there to look at, at tits and um, feel powerful that they have this they they have access to this thing. I think there was a whole section of society that were tickled by the um, the scandal of oh, it, yeah. and I think that's what was scary watching the documentary to me because I'm like, how is this entertaining? Yeah, like I just couldn't understand what would be entertaining about just scrolling through pages and pages of boobs. Again, I think. It's a different time. It was the rise of Facebook. Because Facebook was... They, they've referenced Facebook quite a bit. Um, and... Actually, I'm perfectly honest. This is the... T- like, before then, we've had a lot of sex scandals with celebrities, for instance. Like the Pamela Andersons of the world, where mm. her sex tape was hacked. Or actually, when Paris Hilton was a bit after that. But it's always been a celebrity world. Yeah. And that's always created and generated attention. But as the internet has changed... Celebrity has changed. Now your everyday layman can become a massive influencer 
gain followers and become their own celebrity or micro celebrity. And now we, with the rise of the internet, and I think a similar um, phase in time with this site, you're now seeing everyday people becoming not celebrities, but everyday people becoming well known or the fact that you want to see everyday people in this, you know, in this environment. Um, and gone on the days where the celebrity and seeing them on this site would have that same impact. There was a thirst for that, a thirst for scandal, and a thirst for sex. Let's let's just call a spade a spade. That's what this site really, really kind of highlighted more than anything. It was about sex, lewd. I disagree with you. Raw sex in his in his form. Wait. I disagree with you. I don't think on. it. I don't think it was sex. I I genuinely think it was shock. I don't think it was sex. I don't. Based on the comments that they show at the bottom of the pictures, I don't think people were necessarily sitting at home masturbating to these pictures. I genuinely think there was a bit of schadenfreude happening going on that yeah. website. We went, people went on there to be shocked and appalled, I think. A lot of people were on there to be shocked and appalled. A lot of them, people were on there to see if they could see people they know. Oh yeah, you know, again, it's the whole thing of like, everyday person yeah i know but like to me that's not because i want to get off to pictures of you it's so i can be like oh my god i can't believe becky's on the website oh my god becky's such a slag do you know what i mean like that girl who was so th- so there was a woman spoiler alert on there whose whole thing was that she would shove things up her ass for money no not even for money because they didn't pay no, her they didn't pay her it's because she because wants to she get was hoping that it would boost her profile and her her cam girling yeah and also at one point the first photo that ended up going on the site included pictures of her children from her facebook profile that was accidentally pulled into that image and so she was begging hunter if he could remove that picture just the facebook profile so that her children wouldn't be visible on that site and i think he may have responded and said you have to do something else or she thought the best way yeah the best way for um, her to get what she wanted or to get the photos removed was to send more photos of her putting interesting objects in her crevices. I think it was only one main crevice, but that was what ended up happening and she then started to send more and more photos. I don't know if he ever took down the photo of the kids. I don't think he did. He did. He did he? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that interesting, I think that's an interesting thing that seemed to happen with the website that like, I wish they were able to dig into a bit more. And they had reached out to Hunter Moore to involve him in the documentary, but he declined in the end. Yeah. Was that at one point, Kayla's stepdad, who eventually was like, yes, this is this is bad. I should intervene. Basically called Hunter's um, lawyer and was like, if you don't take this down in half an hour, I'm going to bury you guys in, like, in litigation. And Kayla's pictures came off the website like that. I have so many thoughts for that. I actually just hate the whole idea of the hero being the man who just swipes in and says, take this down, and all of a sudden it's been done. Mind you, Charlotte Laws has been begging and pleading. Kayla, the same thing, has been pleading for those photos to come down, and it takes a man to do it. Well, of course it did. Of course it did. Um, Oh, and I was just going to say that the other instance of that was when um, the girl who'd posted the picture or video of her putting something inside of herself, asked to have her children's 
her Facebook removed so she could take her children off her banner. He asked her to post another picture. She did that and he immediately did it. So there are instances where people, it felt like they were able to interact with him and convince him to do things. But a lot of the time he was incredibly on forthcoming and, and, and actually seemed quite, um, like your begging for him to take your picture down was making him just want to keep it up more. Um, and to go back to the, the, the Kayla's stepdad, I think the thing that was interesting to me about that interaction was, I don't think of him as a hero. I actually thought, do you know what? You actually come off even worse now because they've been trying to get the pictures taken down for months and you apparently had the power to take it down in half an hour this whole time and just haven't. Um, and then afterwards, when Charlotte, honestly, the heroine of the whole documentary was like, now I need to, now that we've got Kayla's down, I need to get all the other girlies I promised I'd get off the website. Mm. And her husband's like, mm, for just move on now. Well, yeah, good luck with that, basically. It was very hands-off. Like, I don't know. I don't know about their relationship because it honestly just felt very weird to me that you, I don't know how you could live in a house with someone who is suffering and be like, this seems like a you problem. Yeah. I think that they did try to give some description of the father at the beginning of the show in terms of like, he's a bit, I mean, not cold, but he's a bit more distant. He's British. You know, he's a little bit older. I Stop mean, maligning <laughs> the British as just like villain and villains. No, but he really comes across he, as he a villain did, in the did, documentary. I was did. like... And of course he had the most British accent as well. He had the most power in terms of litigation to do something and he just couldn't care. And the thing is, I, you know, when these types of things happen and people say, would you behave like this if this was your daughter? Especially for some men that mess women around. Like, would you do this if this was your daughter? And that sometimes that helps which, um, in terms of changing their mindset because they can think about a, a victim that is more personable or in their home. Whereas this guy... The victim was in his home. Was his actual daughter or, you know, it was his daughter. And this guy did nothing. And that's what also infuriated me about him, um, especially in that first episode. And I think after episode two and three, he was barely in the show because he was no, so useless. he really left after He really that. was because he was useless. I don't think he even wants to be on the show. No, 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 um, no. But I think for me, there were a few things that I would have loved to know more. And I think some of it were limitations because they weren't able to get Hunter more. But I was so keen to understand his backstory and understand more about how he grew up and what led him, not just to make a site like this, because let's be honest, around that time, the early 2000s, late 1990s, you, you saw the rise of the internet. People were just making dot-com sites and hoping for a boom. That was that period and that phase. That's, you know, that's how we had Facebook, for goodness sake. However, what caused him to have that mentality of shaming women or belittling women on what was his, like what was his type of relationships before and what was his family relationships? Because I would be so intrigued to understand his psyche and what led him to be the way he is now. And for him, I think he's probably proud that there is a show called The Most Hated Man on the Internet and that's just him because he claimed and proclaimed himself to be that. So that was something that I wish we saw more of because I think we got a bit of the backstory of Charlotte. We got, you know, a bit of an understanding into Charlotte's husband, um, Kayla's um, stepdad. We didn't. I mean, they we threw, didn't. We just they, saw they him. Threw, we didn't they, learn they gave about a couple him. of descriptions and adjectives of who he was. But I think we got more from Charlotte, yeah, and her background and why she is the way she is. 
than we did Hunter. And I just wish I, would, I knew a bit more. I mean, he's still vile, and that's probably not going to change. And I don't think me knowing his backstory would make him sympathetic, but I think it would make me understand what triggered that type of behaviour or what led to this behaviour for him to be known as the most hated man. I think, I think... It's interesting that you wanted you want to know more about him because I actually genuinely I don't I don't think I because I actually think to me what the documentary was pointing at I think the easy thing is to say oh Hunter Moore was garbage if it wasn't for Hunter Moore we wouldn't have this I don't think that's true it was the people going to the website to look at the pictures he would not have made the website like that had there not been an audience for it it's more about the people that are drawn to those kind of things that I would have liked to know more mm. about, I'm more intrigued by someone who goes on a website like that, knowing full well that the pictures that they're looking at are against someone's consent and are is titillated by that and is there for that reason. Because I think Hunter Moore was just serving an audience and he would serve any audience anything they wanted that was his problem yeah. if the audience had said we want pictures of cake he would have sent them pictures of cake if the audience had said we want to see pictures of dead dogs he would have given them pictures of dead dogs he was not oper- like i i i think he's probably like a like a psychopath right like a person who just that doesn't um adhere to our moral our yeah. moral like the world's morals in that sense i don't i don't think he cared about anything other than the attention that his site was getting. Because at the beginning, the site wasn't that. It was a site where people could post pictures of themselves and people did that. Mm. He noticed that people were more interested in the pictures of people's genitals than they were in the pictures of people just hanging out of parties. So that's where he started to steer the website. Hunter Ward's business acumen is the same business acumen that you could say Mark Zuckerberg has. I don't think there's anything you could tell me about Hunter Moore that would in any way expand the picture that you've presented in this documentary. What I'm more intrigued by is people like his girlfriend and people like um, people who would consider themselves friends of his, people who consider themselves regular users of the site, who, when in front of the camera, cannot give you a straight answer as to why they did any of the stuff that they did. I do think there is a difference between Mark Zuckerberg and Hunter Moore. Let's just say they were in a, both a very similar position in terms of starting a site based on the needs of their audience at a, a very similar period. Again, I cannot remember the year that this site was um, built, but it was a very similar period. There is a difference and there was a reason why Facebook became Facebook and this site doesn't even exist now. Because Mark Zuckerberg is a different type of person, understood his audience, or maybe because the audience clientele was uni students, college students, and it was made as a social network. But you could say it's anyone up. Also, it was, a, in a way, a type of no, social network. No, because that was not... Fundamentally, wasn't the point of is anyone up. Is the is the difference. Mm. And also, the first iteration of Facebook was a website that Mark Zuckerberg made where he pulled pictures of women without their consent. So how different are these two people? But the evolution of both sites is different. Yeah, because, absolutely yeah. the evolution is different. I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. The evolution is different. But I think the difference is the aims in the website. I think that Mark Zuckerberg didn't make Facebook to shock and and titillate. Yeah. I think that uh, Is Anyone Up was... Oh, yeah. Became and... But its sole purpose was to shock and titillate. And a lot of that is to do with the brainchild, quote-unquote, of... Hunter Moore and his objective of that site and that's why I'm intrigued to know what caused him to do that because you're right in any universe Mark Zuckerberg could have created something that could have become is anyone up 
it could have happened if Mark Zuckerberg was of that same mindset of Hunter Moore. I just no, I, I hear what you're saying, I but I like, hear what you're saying, but I I disagree. I hear what you're saying. You think it's mindset. I disagree. I think it's clientele. I think that's the difference. I think the people. The people that went to Are You Up and the people that go to Facebook are two different people. The person that, because think about it, the fact that girl posted her pictures to Are You Up. Yeah. And then forgot that the version of herself on Facebook was a, a mum with yeah. two kids. It was a different person. She was a different person on both of those sites. She used them for different things. But by that point, it was very clear what is anyone up about. But even before then, people were posting pictures of their dicks to Is Anyone Up, which they were not doing on Facebook. Because I do think there was more... No, it was before that. I, th- I think it was before that. I think we, there's also the timings. Yeah, there's yeah, the timings, timings but yeah. also it's the stuff like, they make a point of saying, at the beginning of this, this was serving a very particular crowd yeah. of the scene kids who are somewhere between emo and punk. Yeah. And the stuff that they were posting, they thought, the whole point was to shock and titillate. Oh, look at yeah. us, we're wild. I've posted a picture of my dick. LOL, LOL. And then you, as the person who's running the site, need to continue to generate mm. pictures of people's dicks, but people aren't sending you dicks yeah. anymore. So what are you gonna do? So you're gonna have to steal dicks. <laughs> you're gonna have it's to not, steal it's dicks. It's not funny, but... It's not, yeah. it's not. But like, but you I could just... argue that Facebook On... started off as a, as a networking site. Yeah. It then has basically become a data mining site. That's what it okay, does, okay, it's stealing it's, our yeah, data. Now, now. Yeah. And how else does it steal our data? It listens to our conversations. At some point, you have to start stealing shit. No, it's true, but I just think, let's be honest, depending on the type of person, like I'm trying to think of a a good example of a responsible human being. (laughs) Who's a responsible male teenager that people look up to? A responsible male teenager? No, I'm a teenager. Who is a teenager? Okay, look, Zach Heffron, when he was in the high school musical days, if he was given the opportunity to run a site like Is Anyone Up, it'd be a very different site. No, don't pick a celebrity because we don't know any of these people. What was his character name in High School Musical? Troy Bolton. Troy Bolton being given the opportunity to run. Troy Bolton wouldn't have run a website. He was too busy singing musicals, Rebecca. Like, you, this is a really bad example. No, I get what you're trying, trying to say, to say but say don't try and pick a I'm person because there is I'm no person. What I'm just trying to say is like, look, we're all given gifts and each person can make or break that gift based on the type of person that they are. I don't think it's, he was given a gift. No, um, gift is wrong. Okay. Each person is given something. Every person is given a resource. And now I'm thinking about the Bible. There is a there, You're always there about is the Bible. there is a story in the Bible about people that have been given talents like coins and but yeah money. Each one has been given a certain amount. One person comes back with profit, and another one comes back with loss because they put that money and dug it underground, yeah. and the the money didn't grow. Whereas yeah. the other person used it to invest and made more money. Yeah. that's what I'm trying to say is that each person you could give that site to someone else like like in the in the documentary there's another guy who basically took his anyone up and deleted it and made it into an anti-bullying site yeah but why did he you wouldn't have done that yeah, if that. it had not already existed yeah exactly but what i'm saying is that there are people that have pure intentions and this guy did not and i that's why if you have a documentary that's called the most hated man on the internet i want to understand more about that most hated man that was, I do, yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, he but was, he was a wild human being. How uh, you are uh, going to learn anything about someone who is coming onto a documentary about themselves where they're the villain. You can't... He's never going to get... he And based on his character, he's never going to get to a place where he's going to be genuine and honest with anyone. No, I mean, we, we understand that from, from you know, the episodes that he wasn't going to 
He's he a troll. Support, yeah, he was. And actually, the other point I was thinking about was that basically the reason why this documentary feels so current, even though it was done 20 years ago, is because we still have this behaviour today. And that, and that is called Twitter, for instance, or Facebook, or any of these social networks. They still have this element of trolls. There is still this element of many places of the dark web yeah, that you can find. But not even the dark web. Something like 4chan is not the dark web. You can go on it on your regular browser. There are lots and lots of... Reddit has Flip spaces like Reddit, this. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? There is always going to be spaces like this because there are people who, who enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, I think this is fundamentally the issue with capitalism, right? If there's a market for something, someone will provide the service. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I don't think this guy's born out of like, oh, he was hit his, you know, he's got this villain origin story. I don't even think it's that. I think it's simply there was a service that people wanted. He saw an opportunity and he took it. And just fueled the fire. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I, and I feel like had that website died, went with him, I'd be like, it's him. Yeah. It's the fact that, you know, as soon as that website went down, eight new websites yeah. that did a similar thing sprung up in its place. Okay. It's not just him. It's something within us as a society yeah. that we we breathe this sort of... These people who, like, don't have an issue with things that are morally very clear. Like, it's not morally ambiguous. It's very clear. Mm. But I just don't care. I have no empathy for mm. these people. No, I mean, at the end of this, the documentary... You know who the hero is in this sense, it's Charlotte Laws. And you know that Hunter Moore should remain in prison. He's not in prison anymore, is he? I don't know. Well, Hunter Moore, if he's in prison, he should remain in prison. Um, and I think his social media um, accounts were deactivated. But again, who's to say that he can't just make up an email address and create a new profile? But also, I think it opens eyes to the fact that there still needs to be some regulation on the internet it's going to be hard to enforce and it's going to be a fine line they because never, it won't yeah, be. yeah it needs to be a fine it's line it's a lawless because, place yeah exactly but it still doesn't mean that things and actions can't be taken to protect individuals especially if imagery visuals audio data is stolen without their consent i think it's, the thing that's crazy and this is the last thing i'm going to say about this because it was the same thing that was happening when pornhub had to delete all of its videos was that like, because you're stealing and uploading just any shit that's sent to you, you are, in some cases, sharing child pornography mm. because you have absolutely no way of verifying whether the person in this is of legal age because you already know that you got this from someone who was not the person. Mm. And so where where is the limit? When like, Once you open that can of worms, it's just a can of worms that are open now. You've basically created a space where anyone can share whatever the fuck they want. And at some point, people are going to share stuff that even you don't like. But if you come down on this one thing, you're coming down on all the things and the entire thing falls apart. And that was for me. I think it's crazy that he ended up going to prison for hacking and not going to prison for what I don't doubt for a second was in some way distributing child pornography. Oh, a hundred percent. But it's because like with a lot of American jurisdiction it's sometimes quite hard to pin them down for the actual crime. So you have to work your way around it, which is what happened with him. But I still... Because they literally don't have the appropriate laws. laws. To be able to do such things. What are they going to charge him with? 
Yeah, you're right. To unless, prove it, yeah. unless the victims sue, and that's all they can do. Sue for distress. But even them. Um, and and that's why it's such a bigger problem. Because even then, if you, as a victim, go to the police, they're going to tell you, well, bro, you shouldn't have taken that picture of yourself. Hello, I was 14. Yeah. That was a really interesting documentary. And... Charlotte Laws is incredible. Yeah, I think... Watch it simply for Charlotte Laws. 100%. Like, the way she gets him. Because she... She's she's a better job than the FBI. FBI. Yeah. She's incredible. I think she's going to have a very bright career after this documentary. She may Charlotte be on like, Laws. Yeah, she'll be on Cheaters. She's like 60 years old. You can start your career at any age. You can start a new career at any age. I want Charlotte Laws is, I don't want her to be doing a career. I want her to do like, you know, the interview circuits. I want her on Late Night. I want her on, um, what's the Trevor Noah show? Hi, I'm Trevor Noah. Daily, the um, Daily Show. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> I am Trevor Noah. Okay. I want her to come on Graham Norton. I just want her to be out telling her little stories because she probably has incredible stories. She probably stories. does. But I kind of also want her to be for Catfish for older people. That would be it, actually. That's wa- a really great show. I want her to be the host of Catfish. For I think you people. should pitch that. 100%. 100%. Because I think that she has a clientele, she has an audience, and there are probably a lot of older people who are suffering from scams online. And sometimes these stories get hidden or they're, they're either maybe a bit embarrassed to go to the police. And Charlotte, she's relatable. And I think she also pushed for the truth. And I really do like her. I, I agree with you. I don't want her to do, um, the only reason why I don't want her to do this is because I don't want her to put herself in danger. She was not afraid when she put Hunter Moore's No, I don't think online. she, and I'm not saying she's not afraid. I'm afraid for her. We get her some good bodyguards, not Charles, her husband. Fuck Charles. <laughs> Of course, his name was Charles. There needs to be an embargo <laughs> on British people calling their children Charles. It's actually disgusting. Like, it's embarrassing. We're really sorry if your name is Charles. Charlie's a nice name. No. Charlie not. would have been my fourth on the list of boys from Love Island that I would have gone on a date, on a date with. No, Charlie would have been number one, don't lie. No. <laughs> You're trying to change history now. The facts of the matter was you wanted to go on a date with Charlie. The minute you saw him come in, you were like, who is this 50-year-old hunk? <laughs> so on that note, I think it's worth um, a new recommendation for next week. And you have to give this recommendation now. Yeah, something... You know, I was going to say something with a lighter mood, but actually, it, it lives in the exact, in a, a similar space to um, the most hated man on the internet. Yeah, but uh, but it doesn't get that dark. Okay. Um, it is Mood by Nicole Leckie, mm. who wrote and stars in the show about a young woman who wants to pursue a music career and decides to get a job as a cam girl in order to fund her lifestyle. Oh, I didn't know that was where it was going. I've yeah. seen a bit of the synopsis, but I didn't know that was where it was going. Yeah. Um, Where can we watch? You can watch it on BBC iPlayer. Nice. Okay. I believe. Yeah. So that's going to be our next recommendation. Yeah. We'll be talking about that on our next episode. And yeah, it's been a nice one. It's very... A very interesting discussion. I'm actually super depressed talking about that show, actually. It's really, really sad. I think we need some... Like, Time for some outro music! <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thanks so much for listening to Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana. And Marnie. Bye! Bye.